Should I just bring us in with an intro and then just go? Yeah, yeah, because I don't have All anything right. good to say. You don't have anything. So you don't want to talk about your gaping asshole? No, no, <laughs> not today at least. <laughs> not today. <laughs> we'll save it for next. Once you get another inch of <laughs> diameter on there. Uh, yeah, I can. Talk about I can. It. I'll watch the Morbius movie too, and then I can talk oh. about that and the Morbius movie because they're in the same genre of of thinking. So. <laughs> gaping asshole <laughs> once i'm able to fit the morbius blu-ray in my asshole then i'm ready to talk about that masterpiece <laughs> once it's inside of me well i was mostly just talking about jared leto and how he's a gaping oh, asshole true he definitely <laughs> <is>. yeah <laughs> okay welcome to the guts and ghouls podcast i'm dax and i'm brad and today we're talking about Norroy the Curse, uh, mm. which is a 2005 film directed by Koji Shira. Okay, hang on. Shiraishi. <laughs> I think I said that right. That, that sounded uh, right. Uh, and I didn't know this. I've been meaning to actually watch some of this guy's other stuff because um, he has some other movies that I'm familiar with, like Slit-Faced Woman uh, and stuff like that. But he actually directed uh, Sadako vs. Kayako. Which oh. was awesome. I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard uh, you talk about it. I I remember when we watched it, I was screaming out of like, not out of horror, but just out of pure joy. <laughs> it's it's just like, it's it's one of those movies where it knows it's dumb and just goes with it. Yeah. Because like, they literally capture um, uh, Sadako they have her in this ghost bag that I guess can hold spirits or no, they capture Kayako. So they capture Kayako and they have her in this bag and like, or was it Sadako? I don't know. Basically they get both the ghosts and they have them contained and then they just go, let's make them fight. (laughs) That's literally a line in the movie. He's like, let's make these schools fight. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So they make Kayako watch the tape. So Sadako has to come oh, out and I kill see. her. I was wondering how yeah. that works. Okay. Yeah, that's literally how they did it. <laughs> it's awesome. So that they put a little bit of thought into how it would work, I guess. Yeah. But you okay. also had um, a magic man who would move his fingers and it like emitted, I guess, force and c- he could fight with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh one of my favorite like lines from it like the the girls that find like the tape in the beginning of the movie they like bring it to their like uh professor cuz i guess he like is into like that kind of stuff um and he's like oh i want to watch it they're like oh no don't you'll die in um 2 days and he just goes dying in 2 days is okay and then just watches it <laughs> and i love that that's hilarious dying in 2 days is okay <laughs> But uh, Noroi the Curse is a Japanese found footage pseudo-documentary horror film. Yeah. Uh, and the the bare bones plot is basically we have this man, uh, Masafumi Kobayashi. Uh, he's like a director, writer um, on sort of supernatural events uh, like mysterious murders, disappearances, strange noises, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he begins working on this documentary called The Curse. Uh, and during his, I guess, creation of this documentary, his house mysteriously burns down, killing his wife, and he disappears. 
So this oh, docu- does it does it say that at the beginning? I must have yeah. missed that. Oh okay. yeah, it says it right at the beginning. Um, oh. So he never completed it. However, they have like the footage that he that he recorded. Oh yeah. Um, which we learn how they get. I think towards the end of the movie. Uh, but this one is weird because I I pretty like on the radar with like like Japanese horror of like the big ones and this one popped up like last year and I like really hadn't heard of it because it was released in 2005 in Japan right it did mm-hmm. not get any other like release until 2017 oh wow. it was streaming to Canada so like this movie was like really like you had to be in the know and like right. I tried looking up there's like not a lot of stuff for this movie um and then in 2020 shutter brought it to the u.s uh and it was a big thing but there's still no dvd or blu-ray release which really? i think is a shame because i would absolutely love to own this movie um yeah and see like any extras or whatever yeah that's a shame that's a, that's a real shame not that's even in like thing... japan or anything there hasn't been a physical no, release I, I well no just u.s and u.s and like western oh okay release there is i'm sure in japan but you know you need like the region whatever oh yeah i mean i'm sure if you get a region uh free blu-ray player i guess you're good but Mm -hmm. you gotta pay probably a lot to get it shipped yeah (laughs) but basically there's no convenient way for you to get this a hold of this Mm -hmm. it's kind of like um like possession I had to buy a, a Korean version on uh, eBay. It's the only way you can get it. Oh, are you talking about the movie with Sam Neill and? Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. I like that one. It's the o- only way you can get it. But and it was funny because right after I, I figured out how to get it and I got it, uh, I think I forgot who, but someone announced that they're doing like a Blu-ray like transfer. And I was like, oh, okay, oh. cool. <laughs> so and it's gonna get like a release out here so like okay i would buy that uh, that i have my when i watched that yeah i could only find it on like yeah you could only websites. find it and similar enough that's kind of i guess how this movie was you could basically only watch it when somebody uploaded it up on youtube or wherever oh okay huh that's one thing i've learned um especially with like eastern movies is if you want to find a, like say you're you want to watch a japanese horror movie kind of an obscure one and you cannot find it anywhere to stream mm-hmm. plug it into youtube odds are there's a hero <laughs> out there that uploaded it in like probably 480p <laughs> that's how um carolina has been telling me about this movie of like for years when we were dating about this movie called goth she's like oh you'd like this movie goth and i was like okay well like it sounds cool it's about like basically like two isolated teenagers that are really into just like the macabre you know kind of like just like serial killers bodies stuff like that yeah and then it turns out there is a serial killer working like in their city (laughs) so they start to get like interested and investigate themselves and i was like that's cool one day we just found she's like you cannot find this movie anywhere like no one knows about it uh you can't get like a release anywhere but then boom we found it on youtube one day (laughs) <laughs> and we watched it's weird it how awesome. that stuff like that works <laughs> but you got to be quick about it though because it gets taken down oh i see because i watched um the first two guinea pigs another japanese horror movie on youtube uh which breaks all the rules and guidelines of youtube which is probably why it was taken down 
because uh, that's basically just snow. But um, you got to be quick. So when you see it, you got to watch it now before it gets taken off. Yeah, it's weird how YouTube works like that. Like, because you yeah. know, you have like I have this idea of old YouTube where like anything f- flew basically. Like, you could like put like anything up there and it would stay up there for forever. Mm-hmm. But like now, it's like. You can find that stuff still, but it's just like it's always like you have to go search by like newest uploads, right? <laughs> and yeah. like try to get it before it gets taken down. It's like it's that regimented now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so basically, this movie really didn't have a uh, a wide audience. Like it had fans, um, but just no one out here really knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so good job, Shutter. Thank you. <laughs> the yeah, only thing I like I'm about Shutter is they they up. do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um so I really liked this movie. I um <laughs> No, this is one of those movies where um it's really rare for me to like watch a movie the first time and just like be right away like this is a five out of five. You know, this is a five bagger. Mm-hmm. Um and this is what it was for me. Okay. This to me, I absolutely loved every bit of it. Uh, I want to watch yeah. it again. Uh, now let me. Let me do this. <laughs> oh, I don't want to be an asshole. I it was. No, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. I I did not regret watching it. I I love the horror aspects of it. Like mm-hmm. that stuff was really su- successful to me. Um, okay. Yeah, I think kind of where the not where it falls apart, but the stuff I didn't like was like, um, like the the mockumentary stuff and Did, some of. The, so really, the, you're not a fan of the style it went for. Well, I, like storytelling wise. Yeah, I don't. I I don't mind mockumentary style. Like, I think you can do it. You just need to be like really smart about it, and I think that, um, my issue with this is mostly that like, in order for me to get like actually scared by like a mockumentary type thing, it's like I have to like actually believe what I'm seeing, mm. right? Or like, and I felt like there was a lot of stuff in it that was like, um, it wasn't like true to the style, like the acting wasn't like how I would think like an, an actual person would react to some things. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and then some, some the way the movie is written a little bit too, especially in the, the middle of it where it's like, it's like very exposition heavy. Um, mm-hmm. And it does like one of my least favorite things in any movie, any kind of movie, like the most infamous example I can think of is um, whatever that movie with the Bagul guy do you know what I'm talking about? The Bagul. The Bagul? Yeah, the Bagul. What's okay, a Bagul? Wait, it's... Okay. Um, I don't remember what movie it is. It's one of those crappy ones from like the early 2010s. It's like Insidious or something like that. Or, or something. Oh, okay. Sure. Do you know what I'm like, talking about? No, but sure. Go for it. Okay. Talk about the Bagul. <laughs> but no, but in that movie, right, there's like all this buildup beef like, and like, you're like, oh my God, what is that Bagul thing, right? Yeah. And it, it looks like a member of Slipknot. It's not that scary. They're trying too hard to make it scary. But anyway, you, oh, then then halfway through the movie, like the lady goes to like an expert and then it's Vincent D'Onofrio on like a Zoom call. 
and he, oh, and he just tells you all about it. Yeah, and he just tells tells the viewer all about. It. He's like, "Well, the bagul is this," and he's like, mm, "Oh, blah, blah. I and see." He, and he okay. explains it all like very matter of factly, and and this movie does that like a little bit too much as well, well with the guy in the village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I, I like, I was starting to get really bored during that scene where they're watching that video, and like he's just literally describing what's happening in the video. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you, well, how about we just watch it for ourselves and then maybe afterwards you have this guy describe it or, okay. or like, and then as well, that one other guy, the, he went to a different expert at one point in the movie who describes mm-hmm. the demon in this. Um, and like, he's like reading off of this and he's like describing the demon's whole backstory. And I was like, oh, all right. But I, like, I didn't need all of that. That's just my personal preference. The less that I know about whatever is happening the better and the more i can figure out for myself the better so like especially when it's oh, yeah. like trying to be like a horror movie where it's like you, you know like it, it's more scary to me if i don't really know what's going on and maybe i'm not i'm not like being directly told everything is what i'm trying to say okay i mean those are all valid opinions but i'm gonna mm-hmm. counterpoint you here <laughs> okay right. you ready for this yeah i'm ready i'm ready i have part a and b so a is my own personal preference here uh-huh i i am a huge fan of mysteries i like um getting little bits of information completely out of order yeah, and yeah, trying yeah. to piece that all together so yeah. i was like having a blast as like our main character kobayashi was doing the same Hmm. Um, so I, I liked that, like, oh, we have all this stuff, let's go to this, like, like, then they learned about this expert, like, once they have enough pieces to put together this, then they're like, okay, we have this new information compiled of this, who can we go with this? So that's when, you know, they go to the expert and he explains this thing. Uh, and your, the, my, my second counterpoint to yours, <laughs> okay. <all> right? <laughs> it's a documentary. <laughs> You know, like, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but but the the point is to explain to us, you know, like because you have to think of it that Kobayashi put this all together. Yeah, you know. So, okay, yeah. I, I no, I get it on a logic level. Yes, but like, but you're saying as a film, as as a film, to me, it's not very scary if some guy just just points at a bunch of pieces of paper and I goes. Understand. This is this demon. This is what he does. Okay. Uh, watch out. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I, that I, that's I get, all that I mean. I yeah, get well, I, I get, get it on a logic point. level. Like why like logic level checks out. I get why a filmmaker would go to like experts and talk to them and mm-hmm. like and have them show. I just I just don't think it's very it helps the movie scares at all for it okay. to just all be outright explained. On the table. Like I was, yeah, I was thinking of other like found footage or mockumentary type movies, like Blair Witch. Yeah. Like that movie gives you nothing. No, like, yeah, literally nothing. Go, like, you just kind of get like all what the people in the town think it is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's never outright explained. You're like find out you see like different things, weird mm-hmm. like stick people in the woods, and you're like, oh, what the heck does that mean? And you can kind of piece it together for yourself, I guess. That that's my personal preference for how and for for how, especially like found footage things, uh, how I prefer them to be made. But I can I think this was well made. I thought it was well written. Again, on a logic level, makes complete sense. 
but just, just your personal preference. Right, yeah. I, I just don't think it's very scary to like okay. have like everything like so outright explained. Like I feel like there was there was too much like exposition and too much of going like okay, now we're going to go to this person and then they're, they're going to immediately talk to me and tell me everything I need to know. This mm-hmm. random person that I don't know who they are. Right. Like, <laughs> that was like, but like, it really picks up near the end. I will like, I really started to like the movie at the end. Like when they go in, when they go on that boat mm-hmm. and oh, they're, yeah. they're in the, the middle of the scene. lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, so, that, from there on, I really liked it. The only <clears throat> thing I knew about this movie, because I saw a screenshot a long time ago, was that apparition they saw in the forest. And I was, since then, I was like, oh, I need to fucking the, watch You're talking movie. about the one with the babies crawling all over? Yes, the oh, nightmare yeah. fuel. Yeah, that was really the, scary. <laughs> the visual that will never leave my mind. Right, yeah. Um, Which, which I want to go into, and it sounds like you're going to have a different opinion. Um... <laughs> But this, for me, was one of, I think, the scariest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this is very similar. It's hard not to compare this to Lake Mungo. Mm. Um, yeah, I was Lake thinking Mungo, of that a lot during this, too. I would say is another uh, one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and they're both documentary style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, like, found footage... All right, it's there's a lot of shitty found footage movies. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because there it's the is. cheapest type of movie to make. <laughs> yeah. But what I feel like this and what Lake Mungo does really well is like unfiltering a lot of it. Um I mean, you look at movies like Cloverfield. What? You don't even see that fucking monster until like the very end, you know? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, everything's shaky everything's dark you can't see anything where where this movie especially like that final scene like you see everything in full and there's no like clear cutaways there's no um shaky camera there's nothing that can kind of like cover up like the horror or the visuals Mm -hmm. and it's just there and presented to you and i think like lake mungo does that very well and so does this film right where they're like, this is the scary thing. We caught it on camera and you're going to see it. <laughs> right, you know? yeah. It's not a teenager shaking the camera and you're looking at his feet running and going, oh, fuck, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Which is almost every other found footage movie. Yeah, I was thinking, what is that one? It's like, there's like one in like an airport or some shit, right? Oh, um, quarantine. Yeah, 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 that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that one sucks too. Yeah, you really don't see anything until, like, the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, found footage, it's just, like, it when done well, it can be super terrifying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, did you happen to see Host? No, I've heard the, about that one, though. I heard that that, that one, one is was really good. pretty good, and it was pretty unique. And, of, unfortunately, after it, all these other Zoom horror movies came out. Oh, God. <laughs> but that one was actually, like... It, it it uses it very well. Like, it understands the platform it's using. Like, there's a part where um, uh, the girl turns on, like, a filter. It's like a face filter. Oh. And in the background, you see the face filter a pop on, like, something out of nowhere. You oh, know? That's creepy. So they do clever stuff like that. Okay. 
That sounds so, pretty and neat. I think found footage movies when they when they acknowledge this is a found footage movie, how can we work that in our favor? Mm-hmm. That's when that's what separates the good from the bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to use it to your, like um, to your advantage, and I think this movie and Lake Mungo do really really well. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, like Lake Mungo. Maybe we'll talk about it in its own thing eventually. But yes, we definitely will. Yeah. We we. We like both love that movie, and that's like, it's just. I remember watching it in the middle of the night, like yeah. the first time I ever watched it was like one a.m. I watched it at night too. It was like at eleven I started it. Yeah, and there's that one part in the movie where like I legitimately could not sleep that night. Like no, yeah, um, <laughs> th- that visual, that same one you're talking about, is like ingrained in my mind. Right. Yeah, it's so terrifying. Ugh. It's rough. This one has a lot of that too. Like that, that all that forest stuff, mm-hmm. f- fucking spooky. Even just that, that like weird, um, like ritual scene they come upon with all the dead dogs and stuff. Yep. Where it's like it looks really like realistic. It doesn't linger too much on it. You get like mm-hmm. enough information just from what it shows of it. But like, yeah, right. I mean, just that is like creepy. That, yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, and like uh. Like the ending, the final sequence we'll talk about when we eventually, you know, do break down the plot. But um, mm-hmm. like I like that the camera is static the entire time. Oh yeah, like I mean, he like drops it, and that's how they get it static. Whatever you got to work with it, right. but like you just see it all playing out, <laughs> which is like really jarring. Right. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, I mean, for me, this is like one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. I think my girlfriend watching it with me would say it is the scariest movie she's ever seen because <laughs> uh, she couldn't, she was just freaking out. She did not want to be alone in her room by herself after watching this. This might have oh, topped man. the Mulholland Drive dirty man scene, the winky really? scene. Oh my uh, God. Maybe. That's funny. I, I can't even talk about that movie without her getting scared. We can make a whole podcast episode just about that scene. Yeah, just <laughs> breaking down the winky scene in David Lynch's Mulholland yes. Drive. <laughs> I can really talk about how cool that scene is and like how successful of a horror thing that is just in itself. Mulholland Drive is a horror movie, and I forget that every time I watch Mulholland Drive. It can, I feel that way about a lot of David Lynch's stuff. You'd like, say that about a lot, yeah. It's like existentially horrifying. I would like, argue that The Return could be a horror movie. Dude, yeah. Fire Walk With Me is under the horror category on HBO. I mean, I don't blame them for putting it there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where would you put it under? I know, Family right? Family drama? <laughs> <laughs> there would be dads oh. and moms everywhere would be so confused when watching yeah, like, that. what the hell? Those Imagine not movie. knowing anything about twin peaks and putting on fire walk with me oh have you ever seen um there's like this there's like some art theater that screened fire walk with me one time yeah and they like marketed it as like a like a cute high school like love story oh thing. my god yeah were they being like ironic about that like oh were they yeah aware? they were yeah okay. they were being ironic because i mean they but knew everyone who was going to come see that already knew what it was where yeah it's like but like the poster for it is so hilarious it's like it's like laura palmer like smiling 
and like mm-hmm. it's like a bright like baby blue background behind her oh okay yeah and it's like that i don't remember what the tagline was but it was like she's got a secret like something like that <laughs> oh okay i see i see yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good i know i have to send that image to you it's it's hilarious i was laughing so ever, hard when um, i saw that have you ever seen um movie posters in ghana no like i don't ghana think so movie posters look up the twin peaks fire walk with me ghana poster it is <laughs> oh god wild i'm pretty <laughs> sure like one of the characters has a machine gun for some reason <laughs> it's awesome though i it's love Bob. horror Bob movie the machine uh posters from ghana it's like its own <laughs> aesthetic um oh my god so but i was doing research on on this movie i was like trying to find you know just like stuff about it um and i couldn't find a lot but oddly enough i found a roblox game what uh based off of this yeah oh my god because I was just looking up, like, like Noroi the Curse into YouTube to see, like, um, maybe if there's, like, any, like, like behind-the-scenes stuff like that, like, making of, interviews, whatever. Couldn't find much. But, I yeah, I found someone, like, it was, like, a Roblox game called Noroi. And I was, or, or I was like, okay. No, it was called Kagutaba. That's what it was called. <laughs> and I was like, I wonder if this is it or it's just a coincidence. So I, like, watched the video and it's, like, this little kid. It was, like, I mean... That's bad of me to assume this guy was a little kid, but there's no audio. It's Roblox, so I assume it's like someone under ten years old. Um, but it was basically just like, uh, like he like spawned in front of this like shrine in a spooky forest, and I was like, okay, shrine. You know, it's just a Japanese horror. That's pretty common. Uh, but then eventually got to the point he had to like make loops, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And eventually the final scare is Kagutaba does, like, grab you. And it is, like, the face from the movie. Oh, really? Oh. Mm-hmm. That's so weird that, that someone made it into a robot. I know. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't bad either. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a pretty well made. It was just, like, a fun little 10-minute kind of puzzle horror game. <laughs> That's cute. I have to look this up now. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> uh but uh, yeah, when we were, I wanted to tell you this when we were watching it, because um, you know, like we write notes, like while we watch some of these movies that we know we're going to talk about, so we can like remember things. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and me and Carolina were writing down. Um, it, we basically looked like insane people because <laughs> we were writing down stuff. So I had written down at one point it was face, pigeons, man's voice, aluminum, dogs, loops, psychics. And we just had all these arrows going around <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so we were having a blast with it. And then by the end, we like made a diagram like of it all figured out. Oh, my God. Which so I'll you guys were literally that end. Charlie Kelly meme. Yeah. Of him we were with that. Like on, that, on that cork board yeah. with all the papers pinned. He's got all this mail for a Kagutaba. <laughs> Turns out, Kagutaba doesn't exist. <laughs> so, no, yeah, we were, we were having a blast. And I get, I just love, like, I love mysteries like this, you know? Yeah, I, the full disclosure, I do like mysteries like this. I just think you, you could have told the story in a different way. And that would have been more interesting for me, personally. Th- that's, that's fair. Yeah. 
So I don't mind That's it fair. being a mystery at all. That's I'm completely okay with that. Obviously, I love Twin Peaks, and that whole thing will be a mystery forever, probably. But like, yeah, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was um, from what I've gathered from people, like other people reviewing. It seems like this is a movie that you're either going to be a big fan of, or you're gonna think it's really boring. <laughs> so I think that you became like the the middle liar. I did, yeah. Somehow, I don't want to um, be lumped in with those dumb people that, like, because like I know there's dumb people that would watch this and be like, "What the hell? Nothing, nothing happened. happened. That's just so boring." I, I had a friend that told me the they didn't finish the witch because it was boring and nothing happened. Oh my god! And I was like, I'm like, there's a baby getting ground up in the first five minutes. What do you mean nothing happens? <laughs> yeah, literally. You know? And you're watching this family unravel. Like, how is that not interesting? Yeah. No. Uh, what a, that's why you need to unfriend that guy unfriend him just send it send him a text he's like you've been unfriended i'll send bitch. him a posted for the uh poster for the movie unfriended I'll be like that's you buddy <laughs> you're unfriended <laughs> got him <laughs> got him um so before i go in into um sounding like an insane person covered in tinfoil <laughs> oh, i break down the plot um overall i i i safely say i love this movie Mm -hmm. i i recommend to anyone especially if you're a fan of japanese horror um i think it's a great found footage movie i think it's one of the better found footage well maybe some of the best found footage movies out there i realize the bar is really low (laughs) with found footage um and you watch it on shutter uh if you got Mm -hmm. shutter that's really i think the only place to watch it yeah that's Uh, what i saw too is the only place I think you so, might be able to find it on YouTube, but I mean that's about probably. it. Probably, I know when I was looking researching um for this episode, literally you look up like Noroi, and the first thing that like people search for is full movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, so it's probably people that have been wanting to watch it. Oh my god, that's great. So, all right, are we ready uh, to get into the plot? yeah Um, let's do it spoilers ahead so i kind of had to write this i wrote like an outline here a bit interesting not so much in um the order that things happen but i think the order that they make sense in (laughs) okay because because it is kind of like you get this movie gives you pieces of information right right and it doesn't really come together until like the end Mm -hmm. so probably the first like hour of this movie you're just like how the fuck is any of this related? <laughs> like all those Japanese variety shows? Yeah. Uh, like there's like three different ones. Oh, um, yeah. And I-, I love Japanese variety shows, dude. Like, <laughs> honestly, it's like the funniest shit ever. <laughs> like, look, up, I got to show you the dudes. Like, you know, you know, the MTV Silent Library show. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, it's basically, it was on MTV, um, and it's basically, uh, like, they're in a library, they all have, like, there's usually six of them, they have cards, and they shuffle them, and you get a card, and it's usually, like, one person gets, like, a skull, which means they're, like, up for, like, a punishment, Mm -hmm. and they have to, like, do something, but, like, they have to do it, so none of them, like, go over, like, a certain decibel from, like, laughing, or, like, in pain or whatever, so oh. it'll be stuff like you get like slingshotted in the nuts, right? Mm-hmm. So or it's like something like silly where you have to like like 
pie someone with a mayonnaise pie or something stupid like that. Um, and like not laugh or else they lose the money. Right. But but that was big here, but it was actually like originally this like comic group that had like a variety show in Japan. And they do, they basically like invented that where like they have a whole bit where they basically like go in like set scenarios. And the goal is like they can't laugh or else they get like spanked. <laughs> That's like the punishment. I love it. But, but my favorite one, my favorite one, it is the funniest shit ever. They're like, um, they're at like a sushi restaurant. And uh, the guy, like the waiter's like, oh, how's your sushi? And the guy's like, oh, it's like really good. And the the guy's like, oh, do you want to like, you know, tell the chef how good the sushi is? And the guy's like, sure. And he's like, okay, I'll get the chef. And they, the chef comes out and it is just like the biggest black dude ever. Like, <laughs> like Terry Crews, like level, <laughs> like, like muscular. Oh, he's muscular. And it's funny because like in Japan, like that's really rare. Mm-hmm. And also to be a sushi chef. <laughs> You know, and so they're already like laughing and then the dude goes up to him and the guy just asks, he's like, oh, what's uh, like, what fish is this? And he just goes, I don't know. <laughs> and he literally just asks question. Every answer just, I don't know. It's, it's like the funniest thing ever, but. Oh, my God. Yeah. Variety shows are amazing. They, so I've, be- I've, I've seen I've seen clips only from one. Where I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of experience with Japanese variety shows, but I don't remember what it was called, but it was hilarious. It was like one where it's like they just like give kids a shopping list and they just put them like in a grocery store and tell them to go get all the groceries. Yeah, Yeah, they just like give them adult tasks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's like people like commenting over it while it's happening. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it looks funny. One of my favorites, they get like these idol groups. Mm-hmm. and they just get them to do like crazy stuff like there was one where they had like a pipe like a see-through pipe and inside was like a cockroach and they had to blow the cockroach oh, into no. like the other person's mouth oh god it's shit like that it's uh, awesome damn that's that's horrible but i awesome. could go on for hours about all the variety shows i love but um <laughs> Basically, so our our film starts with Kobayashi, who's uh, I guess a paranormal investigator and writer and filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's first called to a woman who says she always hears babies crying next door, despite um like the family not next door not having babies, um but like a young boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, okay, you know, I'm gonna go check it out, and he he goes to the neighbor, and she just yells at him. Uh, and he's like, okay, whatever. I guess, you know, we can't continue this lead. But on their way out, they see like a kid in the window. And there's also <laughs> a bunch of dead pigeons. Um, so they, they take the audio they got to a sound guy. And the sound guy's the real MVP. They they give this man a lot of business. And he does oh a pretty God. good job. Yeah, right? I was thinking that um, during this. And but he's able to like filter out the audio and he's like, you can hear like it's like a newborn crying, Mm -hmm. but there's like at least like five of them. (laughs) So that's kind of like our first little bit of knowledge we get that kind of like sets up the mystery, you know? Yeah, that's a it's a spooky sound too, where it it almost sounds like a cat like yowling at first. Yeah, it's like that's not quite a cat. And then like you listen to it further, you're like, oh, my God, yeah, that is like a baby crying. But like well, weird he explains and... it where like it ends, I think, with an inhale. 
and oh, that's how yeah. I guess baby newborns cry. Right. So that's why it kind of like it cuts short. So that's why it kind of sounds like a cat. Yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, this is when we start to get into like the variety shows where there's one where they I guess they gathered psychic children. <laughs> and basically the guy um, draws a very specific shape on a paper, puts it in like a black tube. They can't see the paper. The kids just have to feel the, the tube it's in and then draw it. And this one girl kept drawing like every shape perfectly until the last one. She drew a little face. <laughs> and and the face looks like uh have you ever seen um princess mononoke oh um, but it, is that the studio ghibli yeah oh yeah i think i've seen that before you know the little tree spirits those little like white dudes with like the black eyes and their head shape oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looked just like that so that's what i thought it this does. movie was gonna be about i was like oh it's <laughs> gonna be about tree spirits right no nothing is <laughs> not, nothing that fun I didn't even um, make that connection, but you're so right. They, they totally look very similar. Yeah, but then finally, uh, like in the variety show, the last test was to conjure water. Uh, and so she has a, like a, a flask, and she's able to just create water with her mind in it. But inside, she also created a hair. And they take that to a lab, and it turns out it's like an infant's hair. Uh, it's like an infant mammal is how they say. They don't know if it's like human or not, but it's definitely from like something that's a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then shortly after this girl goes missing. And that's kind of, I think, what kicks off the plot. Because Kobayashi's like, okay, I got to find this girl. <laughs> like, I know weird shit's going on around her. So it's something paranormal. Uh, that's where um, then we're introduced to another variety show. Um, with our actress uh, Marika and one thing that's actually interesting I found out that all the actors in here actually played themselves so I guess if you're Japanese and you know the actors um, I guess that adds some realism to it yeah oh I didn't so so she's literally playing like a version of herself or something yeah like she's herself yeah oh okay I didn't know that 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 adds something to it yeah and I guess some of the other characters were as well. Like, they were just playing themselves. Oh, like, so I guess probably the variety show people. Yeah. So they were trying to do, like, a Blair Witch thing where, like, mm-hmm. people try to get people to be like, oh, this could be real. Right. Believe it. So, um, yeah, we we see this variety show um, where basically their thing is, let's just go into the spooky forest. Uh, and uh, Marika... Uh, our character she hears voices and she collapses and screams and when they play back the footage you see like a like a boy like a ghost boy in the background mm-hmm. kind of your typical found footage spooky stuff um yeah but then they uh they go to interview her after this event and they bring a psychic named hori who is a man covered in tinfoil <laughs> head to toe (laughs) and he tries to i don't know if he tries like he tries to strangle her kind of like he jumps at her and he goes on about um uh how ectoplasmic worms are coming for her (laughs) yes Uh, yeah (laughs) so kobayashi's like okay i think we need to like 
see like what this guy knows um because he sensed something so they go and his entire home is covered in like tinfoil and he's like doing these drawings all over and it basically they um he says something about kana which they were like what like we didn't really tell you anything how does he know about this and he's like i gotta find kana i gotta find kana and he draws them a map (laughs) which leads them to this apartment uh who is owned by a man named osawa and they kind of like i guess watch him from the balcony and there's all these pigeons on his balcony (laughs) So he already has a connection between that guy and then that other woman um, from the beginning with the boy. And we later learn that uh, that woman also lived next to this guy. So there was a connection there. And th- that woman's name is uh, Ishii. Yeah, Ishii Yoki, something like that? Ishii Naki? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then, <laughs> this... There's you're, so you're much. You're going like, through your your cork board of information right now. Yeah, I'm actually I'm moving around the the little bolton things with all the red string. I hope that picks up on the mic so the people can hear that. Yeah, you hear my thumbtacks going in and out. You hear me frantically yeah. scribbling. <laughs> I hope this makes sense to people who have never seen this, or else it's just going to me be going on and on about ectoplasmic worms. You're doing a good job. I'm fine okay. so far. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. So, <laughs> Marika, our actor, um, she contacts Kobayashi because she says she's waking up in the night making loops out of yarn. So, they're like, okay, let's set up a camera and film you and see what you do. All right. So, uh, Marika, just as she said before, wakes up. Uh, and this time she unplugs like a cord from like her light in her room and once again ties it into knots. Uh, so they're like, what the fuck? That's weird. And they're trying to find the connection with the knots. And so they take that footage to, again, our sound guy. And he isolates it. And he hears um, a voice, a man's voice, say, Kagutaba. <laughs> so this is when they sort of trying to find out, like, what Kagutaba is. And I guess, um, like, the literal um, translation is Tool of Chaos. Uh, so they bring it, they connect it to this village and they bring it to kind of like an expert, uh, in the supernatural. And uh, one of my favorite parts about this movie is this village. Cause it sounds super cool where it's basically just a village of wizards and they, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say accidentally, but they basically summoned this guy Kagutaba. You know how wizards are. They're just like, can we do this? They just casually summon demons. Yeah, they just casually summon a demon. Well, I mean, I don't know if they casually did it because they sacrificed like a bunch of baby monkeys. (laughs) Um, But they summoned this demon. Things got a little crazy considering his name is Tool of Chaos. Uh, (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. So they basically, to appease him, they they perform this ritual that involves a priest, a medium, and then the demon himself. And essentially, the the ritual is the priest will communicate uh, through the medium. In this case, it turns out we find out that the daughter of this priest was Ishii, the woman with the boy. So 
the basically it goes they 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 talk they cut a rope he does one bow four claps and another bow and that like appeases him for the year like he kind of chills out uh however on the last ritual they did uh something went wrong and his daughter like seized up very similar to how um marika did in the forest during that variety show uh and then unfortunately the town was destroyed by the government to build the dam so basically the last ritual kind of got flubbed up and then (laughs) the town got destroyed and no one could do the ritual again (laughs) so they're like shit uh that means that this ritual needs to be complete. Um, so they do more information to Ishii, thinking like, oh, hey, maybe we can get her to, you know, finish the ritual. Uh, and she lives up in this town now. And everyone in this town, I guess, is somewhat of like kind of supernatural minded. They all have dogs because mm-hmm. I guess dogs scare away the demons. Yeah. And they're all really she... cute dogs, too. Yeah. Yeah. Lots a bunch of Shiba of Inus. The guy yeah. loves Shiba Inus. It's like the the Japanese poster dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's Doge. That's Doge coin. That is the Doge. <laughs> That's the Doge. But uh so once again, they knock on her door. Her house is covered in loops and she sends them away again. So they're like, "Okay, well, you know, she's not going to be able to reason with her." Uh so they're like, "Fuck it. We're going to do the ritual ourselves." So, um, also I failed to mention at this point, Marika is almost in like possessed mode where she's kind of weird. She's kind of off. She randomly has like these seizures, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So Kobayashi's like, let's do it. So he gets rope. Uh, they get a uh, Hori to come along, um, because he is connected to this as well. He can sense whatever this is. Uh, and they go to the dam they basically boat out to where the river or where the ritual site would have been. And they do the ritual. They cut the rope. He does a bow, four claps and a bow. Uh, and suddenly Marika's like, okay. But almost in like a suspicious way, you know? Yeah, yeah. She, something was off immediately with her. Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. You know, like, I feel so much better. <laughs> yeah, she, what she says, she feels lighter or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she feels lighter. Um, <laughs> it's like, now, right. this is when the movie, I think, cranks it up. Yeah. Uh, this is what, like, a lot of the buildup leads to. Because now Hori freaks out. And he's telling him, like, get out of the water, get out of the water. They get out of the water, and Hori runs into the forest. Uh, and Kobayashi takes a camera and he's like, I'm, I'm going with him. You guys go back to the car. So Kobayashi follows Hori. They run into this forest. They go deeper and deeper and they start seeing all these dead dogs. And they all seem like they have like their throat cut and some of them are like gutted. Uh, and it all leads to this uh, shrine. And then this is when Hori points out and he keeps saying Kana, Kana, Kana. And the camera turns, and you get some pure nightmare fuel. <laughs> and it's, like, basically um, a, like, ghost of Kana with a bunch of fetuses crawling up on her. And it's it's one of those things that doesn't sound that scary, but when you see it, 
They're yeah, just, it's, it's the way it's, it's executed. It's like very off. Yeah, is that supposed to be Kana that's like having the yeah, babies crawl? Yeah, I think her? it is. Oh wow, it's a child. Yeah, definitely a a, ch- a f- female child. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, while this is going on, uh, Marika freaks out, runs out of the car. Cameraman follows into the forest, and she kind of like writhes around on the ground, uh, freaking out. And then she's fine. She's cool. <laughs> um. So this is when Kobayashi is like, "Fuck this." We're breaking into Ishii's house, and I'm getting answers. Uh, they do that. Uh, her entire house is covered in dead pigeons, dead dogs, and loops everywhere. So they realize, okay, she's the one that killed all the dogs. Uh, they go upstairs to find Ishii has hung herself. Uh, and they have, like, this shrine as well. And behind the shrine uh, is her, the son of Ishii, or the boy, uh, over Kana's body. Uh, they realize um, Kana is not alive. She's cold. So they take the boy. They report it to the police. Um, and Kobayashi, making probably the worst decision of his life, decides that he's going to adopt this boy. <laughs> uh, after they find out he's not even Ishii's biological son. Yeah, that's so weird. So that's never really explained. I don't know where she gets it. Um, <laughs> unless, um, well, they... I forgot to mention that Ishii, her background, she worked in a nursing school that performed illegal abortions. So it was like, I don't know what the term is, but it's basically like once the fetus has formed, I guess in Japan it's illegal. And I think even here, depending on the state, yeah, it's illegal. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it could be like, I don't remember what, what weak market it is, but yeah, even in the U.S. at, at a certain point, it's it's illegal to do. Yeah, so it's like basically well after that. Um, and she was accused of stealing the fetuses because they would go missing. Um, so maybe, I mean, this is kind of far-fetched. She raised one of the fetuses into this boy. <laughs> or, I mean, that, that's very possible. Or this boy also has psychic powers like Kana and she took him. Oh. It could be that too. Yeah. Um, which I'll get in once I kind of break down my thought on everything that happened. Mm-hmm. But they adopt the boy. Um, and they're able to find a scroll of the first ritual. And basically they used a medium uh, and they fed him baby monkeys to summon Kagutaba. Um, and... This is when kind of like the documentary does those like, what happened after, you know? <laughs> um, and yeah. Hori is placed in a mental institution, uh, but he escaped, it said. Uh, and then Kobayashi's house mysteriously burns down, killing his wife. Right. That's when you think the movie's over. But turns out the studio that Kobayashi worked for was mailed a tape, which I assume was this documentary. Um, and this extra footage we get at the end. Uh, but it's, it was addressed from him, but he's still missing. And what's on the tape is um, it's Kobayashi's house. Uh, and Hori arrives at the door and he's like in like the asylum, like I guess whatever that's called, you know, hospital clothes. 
and he grabs a rock and comes inside and he just straight up attacks the boy and bashes his head in like over and over yeah (laughs) it's executed really well um but this is the part that really fucked me up which was one of the scarier moments in the movie is he's bashing the boy's head and then he just stops right Mm -hmm. or he just stops and stands up and the boy gets up and his face it's all it's it's supposed to be kagutaba like the mask of kagutaba is kind of like those tree spears from princess mononoke where like one they're two really big eyes one kind of is up one kind of is like lower on the face and like a little mouth mm-hmm. but it's like the boy's face is all bloody but it makes that it almost looks like like almost like you know when after someone's beaten up and like their face swells <laughs> it looks like that <laughs> so yeah it looked really creepy yeah, and he just stands up and stands there. <laughs> and then behind him is Kana's ghost. Uh, and Hori just kind of grabs the boy's hand and they walk out. Uh, and then that's when Kobayashi's like in complete shock. The wife, who I guess is understa- under Kagutaba's control, goes into the next room, pours gasoline on herself, and lights the fire. And we see her burning alive and it's spreading throughout the house. And it ends with just saying Kobayashi's still missing. <laughs> and and there's no credits, which I kind of love when movies do. Yeah, it just ends, right? Yeah, it just ends. Because it's kind of like, oh, I like that because it adds a little, like, feels like you didn't just watch a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you watched something maybe you shouldn't have. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to process. There's lots of pieces. Um, it is, yeah. So if you don't mind... Um, I'm going to go in to what me and Carolina came up with, uh, plot wise of what happened. Okay. And kind of, I think the future of what happened to Kobayashi and where he is. Yeah. So we know to do this ritual to appease Kagutaba, you need the priest, the medium and Kagutaba and the priest communicates through the medium, right? Right. So... Ishii, the daughter, the priest, who was the medium, I believe became the new priest, right? Um, To appease Kagutaba. She needed a child of or someone of psychic um, power to speak. So she got Kana or was st- could be stealing multiple kids in order to find the right one. But in this case, Kana fit the bill. She was able to do it. Mm hmm. And basically, she was feeding Kana all of these fetuses, similar to the baby monkeys, right? Right. So she was feeding this child these fetuses and embryos uh, in order to appease Kagutaba. However, what I think is up for speculation is whether or not she was under Kagutaba's control or she was doing it against Kagutaba. Or possibly to to summon him again. Oh. I think it could be to summon him again, because remember in that ritual it went bad and she was semi-possessed? Yeah. Um, And essentially, the boy acted as kind of the vessel for Kagutaba to enter. Right. That was my interpretation. Okay. Um, 
So when Ishii, either depending on how you see, she saw that her job was done, so she hung herself, or maybe if she was under Kaguya's spell, she had a moment of clarity and was able to end her life, you know, mm-hmm. stopping this, or maybe kind of died. Something went wrong. She hung herself, right? Right. Um. But in the end, so we know the Kagutaba is the boy, essentially. Uh, whether or not Kagutaba is in full control of the boy or he's just in him is fine. Hori comes. Hori knows because he's super psychic. But because he's institution, he lost his um, tinfoil, his aluminum, meaning that he's more susceptible to the ghosts or whatever it is. Um, and that's why he stops bashing the kid's head in. Because Kagutaba is able to get him under his control. So, we have Kagutaba. And we have um, Hori. And then we have Kobayashi in the end. Kind of like our last survivors, right? Right. So, Kagutaba and Hori go off to do whatever the fuck Kagutaba wants to do. Because he's a demon of chaos. Okay? But I believe, or we believe, that Kobayashi is essentially the new priest uh and he is going to find his medium and he is going to appease to end this like end kagutaba okay that's kind of how we read into it is why he disappeared yeah and why he sent the tape so people are aware oh i see because if you go oh i'm gonna go try to appease this demon people are gonna think you're crazy right right so I'm guessing he's going to spend the rest of his life going after this demon, trying to do the ritual successfully and appease it. Hopefully not stealing children and feeding them embryos. Um, <laughs> hopefully he finds a better way about it. Right. Uh, but I, essentially, that's what I think it is. Okay. I didn't, th- I didn't think that much about it. So, But that, that would make sense. That would make a ton of sense. What, what you just said like makes like total sense. So I was wondering cool. why, like, or why they they emphasize so hard that he disappeared, like that he didn't end up mm-hmm. dead or whatever. Yeah, because so. they didn't find his remains. Right. Yeah. And he was the one that sent in the footage. Yeah, yeah. It even said it was from him, right? Even in the in the thing. So. So it could be like a warning, you know. Hmm. Um. But yeah. So, uh, Noroi too. We have Kobayashi, <laughs> who's trying to hunt down the demon. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no right to. Yeah, Shutter no right original, to. no right to. Shutter original, no right to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about it. I, I really love this one. I mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a certified classic <laughs> right here. <laughs> Yes, no, I gets... agree. The, listening to you talk about it makes me like it even even more. So okay, I'm glad I convinced you. Yeah, I like that explanation you gave because that makes a lot more sense. Because I was just kind of like puzzled by the ending. You were so, just kind of rolling with it. Yeah, and I was like, and yeah, I mean, I think the movie overall explains too much of what's going on, but mm-hmm. like. I, yeah, now, now that you explained it that way, I, just, I do. Th- yeah, there is some more ambiguity in it than I than I previously thought. Yeah, like there with, was with his character like, and like how the whole um, ritual works. Really, 
Yeah, with like Ishii and the boy and Kana, like that was all really ambiguous. Yeah. As to what Ishii was actually doing. Because it's very mm-hmm. unclear. Um, and that's the one thing I'm the most unclear on is if she was doing it of her own like fruition or if she was under the control of Kagutaba. Yeah. I, I um, assumed she was under the control of Kagutaba, but it could go either way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, or it's she, like, I mean, she was clearly insane to some degree. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, she could have been that way just of all the awful shit she's been doing in her life mm-hmm. in order to make this happen, you know? Right. So, and I think maybe the suicide after she did the ritual, she's like, I'm done. But what was she su- summoning him? I mean, yeah, I guess, okay, now I'm kind of under the, the, I'm on team that she's somewhat under his control. Yeah, I would say so. Maybe maybe, giving him, like, a vessel. Right, yeah. To be more powerful. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I always, I always, I interpreted her suicide as a moment of clarity, or she just feels so guilty about what she did, you know? She was able to break control and kind of end it. Right. Or maybe she needed to commit suicide to allow Kagutaba to possess another well, being. You also have to remember something I didn't really um add in my outline. But remember the uh that Asawa guy who was neighbors to Ishii in that apartment building who was grabbing the pigeons also ended up hanging himself as well. Oh and there was a yeah. lot of other hangings connected to her. Right. And oh, uh, the neighbor of um, Armarika who got possessed hung herself as well. Mm-hmm. So it seems like people around Kagutaba, like once Kagutaba was done with them, they would get they would hang themselves. Right. So. And we don't really know what she wanted with them, really, right? Or no. We don't. Yeah. It's a mystery. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, so that's where I um, was getting real into this one, <laughs> and I'm glad I'm glad I convinced you. <laughs> no, yeah, there's definitely some more. I mean, I, I, there are still things I didn't like. I want to mention that's about the, the ending of it, where yes. the part where this house starts burning down. I was like so frustrated that he didn't just put down the camera. <laughs> well the camera was like well yeah he did grab the camera at the end but for the most part the camera was on the ground well no even like, when even when his son was being beat in oh, his yeah, head true. with a rock he was still holding the camera and only using one hand to try to get hey. the guy off of him hey you know what he knows what's good content <laughs> you know yeah I guess I, I guess he does <laughs> that, that was the you part that enough- frustrated me and early, earlier in the movie too where it's like the one, the tinfoil guy, Ori, when he, yeah. he like starts like the, he starts like assaulting the um, main guy, the director guy. Oh, and, yeah. it, the, and the camera guy's just like standing there filming it happening. And I was like, dude, put down the camera and help him out. <laughs> it's Hollywood. <laughs> you know? Yeah, stuff like that made me think of like, you know what? what maybe this is a more conventional movie. I could, um, I would like it better. Because like I, I, I feel you. like they didn't like. I mean, early on they really were taking the found footage stuff to like the nth degree, like they should, with like showing mm-hmm. like those variety shows and like the talk show and like that was all really cool. 
And I thought that was like that was like something you don't usually see in like yeah, the found like footage. Taking other movie. pieces of media. Right. And yeah. Fitting it in. Especially something like a variety show or a talk show. I can't think right. of any other mockumentary that has done that where it's like you recreate something like that. Mm-hmm. That that's really unique. Um Yeah. But I mean just other things like that. They're like little things that don't I mean really it just matter, goes to show how hard making a good like found footage horror movie is right yeah it's so hard to keep it like truly realistic yeah it's it's it really is only few have made it really work and like blair witch is one of them i think we both really like that yeah. one blair um, witch is good yeah and that one is just that like is like the way that's executed is literally just one camera three teenagers in a fucking forest yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like there's not really much you could go wrong with that. <clears throat> yeah, but like but again it stays so ambiguous. And it, like why mm-hmm. the Blair Witch sequels suck is because it loses <laughs> the ambiguity, you know? Right, yeah. It's like, "Oh, it's a creature." Okay. Yeah, that's so lame. God, I hated that new Blair Witch movie they made a few years ago. Yeah. That movie's garbage. Did, have you seen that? I um saw the ending. Oh, okay. But I, I was not interested. It was just on TV. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was already like noped out of the movie in like the first like ten minutes or whatever, because mm-hmm. they they show the ending to the first movie, right? But yeah. then they add in a scary monster noise. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, they so they added it into the footage of the first movie? Yeah, like the first movie. It was like the end of the first movie with that guy in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it's at the part when that camera gets knocked out of her hand. You hear her, like, screaming. And, like, they added mm-hmm. a monster noise in during that part. And it's like, oh, come on, really? Are we really uh, that stupid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, you tell me you didn't hear the monster noise when you first saw it? Uh, No, I there was no monster noise. I think that would make everything a little less ambiguous. Wait, you're telling me you watched the first movie and you didn't think it was a monster? Oh my god, don't don't gaslight me into thinking there wasn't a monster noise. <laughs> You're telling me that you watched the first Blair Witch movie and didn't think it was one big troll? <laughs> one big goblin man? One big green man? People think that movie is about aliens. People think Twin Peaks is about aliens. The co-writer of Twin Peaks thinks it's about aliens. Yeah, so. unfortunately. Uh. People think a lot of dumb things. Everything, aliens aren't scary. I'm no, sorry, not. but they can be. I don't know. For me, I believe in aliens more than I do in ghosts. Yeah, I for that's I, I agree me, with you. When aliens are done right, they can be scary. Like stuff like Arrival that takes an actual look at like realistically what would happen if aliens just made contact. Mm-hmm. That shit's scary. And they're annihilation um, too. Annihilation is yeah, is horrifying. Yeah, but um, just little green men running around. Eh. <laughs> we'll have to see how Jordan Peele handles that subject matter True. in his smash hit film, Nope, coming out in July. Get Turns ready for out, the podcast about that. The the aliens are not really aliens. It was us the whole time. Oh, my God. We're alienating each other. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> what if it was like that? We're like... You like the reveal in the movie is that the aliens that are like invading and like killing or attacking people in the movie 
where they're on Earth first and we kick them out. Oh my God, they're they're the indigenous people. I know. I was trying to think of what angle he could go with that would be like about like social politics and like stuff like that. And that's the only and one I can think of. <laughs> they attack on Columbus Day. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can write movies. We write a movie every episode. Oh, and it, you, know? you could you could make one of the characters like Native American. Yeah. Or have some Native American and that she's the only one the aliens don't attack. Yeah. They kill everyone else. <laughs> yeah. They're like and then the aliens are like they raise their fists, they're like, We stand in solidarity with your people. <laughs> that would be so horrible. That's awesome. I I, I, I hope you doesn't do anything like that. That's gonna be what um Halloween ends is about. Oh god. <laughs> Dude, I'm excited just to watch that just to get it over with. Like Yeah, don't you love it now that um franchises are just I can't wait for the last movie to come out so I don't have to watch more of these. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I felt about Star Wars. <laughs> yes, I, I was only excited for the episode nine just to get it over with. Like a band-aid, yeah. just rip it off. I'm not I wasn't even emotionally invested before, but I'm now ready to just not be invested at all. <laughs> just to be over with. I feel like you don't have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I I have not watched a piece of Star Wars media since. Oh, wow. You've, you've held pretty strong. Uh, yeah, you know what helps? I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, Mandalorian takes off his helmet and you're mad about it? Cool. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Oh, there's um, colorful bikes in uh, Boba Fett show. Oh, Boba Fett, yeah. I don't give a shit. (laughs) That was terrible. I don't know if you've seen clips from that. No, I haven't. That's like some Spy Kids shit. No, I'd rather watch a Spy Kids show. Probably, yeah. I mean, I'd rather watch a Spy Kids thing than watch Boba Fett again. I'll agree with you on that. (laughs) (laughs) Spy Kids 3 was the original Avengers, and I'm not going to elaborate anymore. Dude, they should have gotten Robert Rodriguez to uh, direct the Avengers. First Avengers didn't, movie. Um, didn't he direct um an episode or two of the Boba Fett show? Yeah, he, he directed a bunch of... You know, I think he was yeah. he was the most consistent director on that show, which is probably why it sucked. <laughs> Aww, why you gotta be mean? <laughs> not to be mean, but... <laughs> Alright, well... Now that we've had our mandatory uh, Star Wars rant um, <laughs> per episode, uh, I think it's a good time to end it. Uh, you can watch Norroy on Shudder. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, it's it's great. Uh, it's super scary. I think it's a good movie to watch uh, late at night. Uh, turn off all the lights. Uh, get get super immersed. Yeah. Uh, because it's a real, it's a really spooky time, and you'll probably see things that'll never leave your mind, like I yeah, did. Get ready for some nightmare fuel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. 